Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, I have a special treat for you guys. Episode number 300, special guest, let's get it rolling. Since I'm at episode number 300, I decided to change up the intro a little bit, so let me know what you guys think about it. Okay, buckle up, everybody. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils, Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Riders, Trey Matthews, and it's currently 2.45 p.m. Eastern Time, October 12th, 2021, the time's recording. And guys, this is my 300th episode being here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and I told you guys in yesterday's episode, so if you missed uh, yesterday's episode, I basically reacted to the final roster uh, set for the New Jersey Devils. Obviously, that's temporarily, but at one point during the episode, I mentioned that last week was my most listened to week ever of me being a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It actually beat the week prior's uh, uh, record, so I, I can't thank you guys enough because 300 episodes down, and you guys have not grown tired of me. You continue to make this show great. Your listeners Listenership is greatly appreciated. Uh, listenership is booming this month compared to last month, and it's not even close. So once again, guys, thank you from the bottom of my heart for making this show so great. And like I said, 300 episodes, and I decided to do something special. I promised you guys something uh, special yesterday, and I am a man of my word. So for episode 100, I had David Locke. He is the founder of the Locked On Podcast Network, and he's also the play-by-play announcer for the Utah Jazz's radio station. Then for my 200th episode... I had Soroya Tinker. She's a professional women's uh, hockey league player playing for the Toronto Six. And now 300 episodes, I am proud to announce Bryce Salvador is joining the show. So for any of you who don't know who Bryce Salvador is, he is a former captain of the New Jersey Devils organization. He was the 10th captain in franchise history. He played 14 years in the NHL, playing for, obviously, the New Jersey Devils and also the St. Louis Blues. He uh, led the Devils to the Stanley Cup Finals back in 2012 alongside Patrick Eliash, Marty Brodeur, Travis Zajac, Zach Parise, all those great players. And he is currently an analysis for MSG. So we talked about all sorts of stuff. We talked about his play career, uh, some great experiences he's had, and we also talked about, uh, since like I said, he's a reporter for MSG, we talked about the current New Jersey Devils uh, roster, who we can look out for, who are some of the young guys that he's excited to watch, and it's basically a great discussion, and like I told you guys, 300 episodes, I decided to do something special, so before we bring in Bryce, I have to inform you guys something really important, and it comes from betonline.ag, so for any of you football fans, this goes out to you, so we're back and better than ever, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers.
numbers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And now the second live read comes from DirecTV, so this is very relevant for any of you football fans still. So, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of that clutter and confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package, so get that Direct TV Stream if you want to watch the New Jersey Devils play this year. So let's bring in Bryce Salvador, again, former captain for the New Jersey Devils organization. He was also the third african-american captain in nhl history at the time when he was given the captain role and uh like i said just an overall great leader for the new jersey Devils organization and still very relevant with the franchise keeps up to date with us because like i said reporter for msg so i've talked long enough let's bring in bryce salvador and have an open hockey discussion and just talk new jersey devils hockey shall we let's take it away and now joining me for my 300th episode he is a former captain for the new jersey devils organization and he currently works as an analysis for MSG. It's Bryce Salvador. Bryce, how you doing? I'm doing awesome, Trey. Thanks for having me. And uh, uh, I just want to congratulate you on reaching your 300 episode. I find it a, to be an honor to, to be the guest that you wanted to have on for this episode. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, just, again, appreciate all the, the work you do covering the Devils. And uh, it shows like yours that uh, really bring awareness uh, to the excitement that uh, that's going on with the Devils organization. Well, thank you. That, that's uh, high praise coming from you. And three um, century marks down, and I still enjoy doing what I'm doing. And, um, you know, having guests like you, Soroya Tinker, Curtis Gabriel, Eddie Lack, just you guys coming onto the show to talk about your hockey journeys and uh, your overall perspectives on the NHL season is part of what makes my show great. So <laughs> that's where I want to start off at. Like, hockey begin for you? This is a question I ask all my big guests. Yeah, so uh, hockey started for me in uh, Manitoba, Brandon, Manitoba. So it's uh, north of North Dakota is where I tell everyone is the Providence. And uh, I was pretty fortunate that I had a nice rink that was at the corner of my block and I could literally put my skates on uh, inside my house walk down the, the stairs uh outside steps and skate down the street um and play until the lights uh, were turned off so uh, i immediately fell in love with the game and and uh and so it's just like, like i said so fortunate that i was able to have access to, to ice and uh that led to a successful nhl career you played 14 years in the uh in the uh league playing st louis blues and the new jersey devils can you just sum up your playing career in that instance well, just uh, just a real fortunate to to have such a career. I was just really blessed to to start my career with uh, the the partner of uh, Hall of Famer Al McInnes. Uh, it was two years with him, and I learned how to make a DDD pass with excellence. <laughs> how to get him the puck for you know make sure it was on his tape so he could unleash a bomb. And so that's how my career started off, and I was able to play with the lights of Chris Pronger as well in the back end and. Doug Waite was you know, some of the veterans up there. Keith Kachuk. Uh, I had some time with Paul Correa uh, in the St. Louis Blues organization. And, uh, you know, it's just a great way to start my career. And I was you know, pretty fortunate. And 
Um, and then, you know, it's, it's never fun. Um, but I was traded uh, like everybody on this podcast will know in 2008 season. And, uh, it was the best thing to happen to me. It's, it's one of those things that you never want to be traded because of the, the anxiety and the fear of not knowing what you're walking into. But, um, it, it, you know, coming to the devils was just perfect for the role that I played. Uh, the type of player that I was and, and I was embraced immediately uh, by the whole organization, the fans. And, and uh, it was just, uh, it worked out very well you know, for me. So uh, seven years with the devils, we had the cup run um, named a captain, uh, you know, then, you know, become the, a, an analyst for MSG to cover the devils. And so what can I say? It's just been an awesome you know, story for me, um, you know, when it relates to just my hockey career and path. And, and now that I'm still able to be involved with the Devils organization and being able to give back to the game through grassroots initiatives. And, uh, you know, I said, just really, really blessed. So you actually mentioned uh, my next question, which was in 2013, you became the 10th captain in Devils history. And uh, this was due to your locker room presence and your somewhat uh, lengthy tenure career. Uh, but uh, a major note that I want to touch on that you became the third black captain in NHL history at the time. What was that honor like? I'll be honest when I didn't realize, you know, that I was the third or the fourth or the fifth or the sixth black captain. I, it wasn't the first thing that really crossed my mind. It was just, I was immediately just again, just like, wow, like I'm being named a captain in this organization that had so many great captains before me that you're like, wow, how could I, you know, even, you know, live up to what those guys represented for this organization and, and, and to have the confidence from Lou Lamorella to, you know, to, to select me and, and realize that, you know, even though I wasn't a typical type of captain in terms of, you know, point production, um, but, everything else that I, all the other intangibles that I brought, you know, he and, and, the, and my teammates saw that value that I could bring inside a locker room on the ice. Uh, the way I prepared, the way I, you know, was able to mentor younger kids and just, you know, I feel like making everybody feel that they had value on the team and, and that they were just, like I said, important and, and being able to kind of navigate all those tough conversations between teammates and, and try to keep the room light at times, um, you know, over my, with being with the devils was, was nice that it was recognized. And, um, and, and I definitely feel that, you know, my 2012 cup run really, you know, helped me, uh, you know, realize that, Hey, you know, Bryce can lead also on the ice if we ever were to get back to the playoffs um a little bit of anomaly in my career to be able to i think i put up it was like something like 14 points in i don't know 24 games or whatever it was um in that playoff run so uh like i said it was just a it was a, a nice uh a nice way to you know kind of finish off the career with a with being able to say that i retired as a captain um and said it's just a, sometimes i i look back and I it's surreal just from you know how we started this conversation literally putting on my skates skating down you know a road that's frozen with ice and snow and and being able to play outside you know until the lights came off so like I said this game has been so great to me so um, just fortunate I can give back
Yeah, so uh, going back to what you said, you appeared in 24 games and you uh, had 14 points during that Stanley Cup uh, run. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, my my uh, favorite player all time for the New Jersey Devils is just Scott Stevens. And I know that's a little controversial because um, he, he took no prisoners and he played the game with an iron fist based on my opinion. And that's not controversial. <laughs> that's facts. That's, you know, that's the style of the game back then. And so I, I don't find that controversial all, at all. I, I love the way he played. And uh, that was the game that was, you know, you had to earn everything. If you wanted to come into the blue paint, as we call it, or come into that high danger area, uh, you, you had to be willing to pay the price. And uh, that has changed now. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, you don't have to say it's controversial at all on this podcast or when you're talking to me. <laughs> Thank you, because my colleagues at uh, Locked On always give me uh, grief for liking Scott Stevens. But uh, going back to what I was saying, Scott Stevens was a captain, um, and then our current captain is Nico Heizer. So uh, were there any past captains that uh, gave you advice on how to lead an organization? And did you uh, provide that same advice to Nico Heizer when he was named captain last year? Well, I was fortunate to, to be coached by Scott Um and, you know, and so just to see not only just how he still prepared in the coaching position and still coming to the gym and working out and um, you start to see the qualities of why he was such a great leader. He, he didn't take a day off and, and he led by example. Um, and obviously, I wasn't Scotty's teammate, um, but throughout my career, I've just been so fortunate to be around so many you know, either current captains or former captains started off with, you know, Al McKinnis and Chris Prong or uh, Keith Kachuk, Doug Waite, uh, those names. When he came here, I was, you know, behind Parise and uh, Langenbrenner was a captain. And so just along the way, just guys that I've been able to watch uh, and, and see how they conducted themselves and how they prepared. Um, you just pick that up. It, it, it's very difficult to tell somebody how to be a captain. Yes, you can give them advice, and but I think what the typical or traditional advice is is just don't change who you are, um, and that's kind of my message. I wasn't able to talk to Heisher in person because we had all the proto uh, the COVID protocols, but uh, I was one of the guys that you know was a part of the the messaging, the video that went out uh, to him when he was announced the captain, and that was my message. It's, you were named the captain because of who you who you are, not who you're going to be. Um, and so I think that's the, the quicker you can understand that, um, I, I think leads to the transition of assuming the captaincy much, much quicker. Um, and so he's just going to do a phenomenal job as a captain. And, and I think that uh, it, was, it definitely was the right choice. He's, you know, he's great in the locker room. Everybody likes him, you know, which is important. Um, and, and, and he's going to be a guy that can lead for a very long time. And, and he, he loves being a devil. We can see that in the, in the contract that he, that he signed. He just said, Hey, I'm ready to, to sign a deal that, you know, could look really favorable for the devils here uh, as we get into some of the later years. Um, um, but to me, there was no hassle. There was no, let's make a drama out of this. Let's just do something that's fair for everybody. Um, and so that alone, when I saw that deal, kind of really showed me that like, this guy gets it. He understands what it takes to be a leader on a team. And um, and so, yeah, just kudos to, you know, to Nico and the way he's handled himself in his young career. 
We're going to talk about Nico Heizer and a few of other current Devils uh, in a moment. But uh, the one question I want to ask you is that you had the the honor of playing with Patrick Eliash, Marty Brodeur, uh, the more recent uh, retirement of Travis Zajac, and you guys made a Stanley Cup Finals run, as you mentioned earlier on, early on in the show. Uh, what was it like just playing in the Stanley Cup Finals? Like I've had Curtis Gabriel and Eddie Lack on my show, and they played in playoff games. However, they never reached the Stanley Cup Finals. What is that atmosphere like? Because we we see what happens on TV. We see uh, just any championship uh, j- just take place, and it, it's a huge deal. And we can't imagine what the players go through. But you actually got to play on a championship stage. So what was it like just making that Stanley Cup Finals run with those group of guys? I just keep, I always use the word surreal. It's uh, you're going through this experience and you're, you keep wanting to pinch yourself because uh, it just feels like, you know, there's nothing else going on in the world except the Stanley cup finals and you're involved in it and you're playing, you're coming to the rink and um, it's just awesome. And it's, it's so tough to, to describe Um Unfortunately, unless, you, unless you've been there. And, and all I can just say is those memories you, you never forget. And unfortunately, we didn't win. Um, but you, you wouldn't trade, you know, at the start of the playoffs, if someone said, hey, you're going to go to the end, but you're not going to win. Do you still want to compete? <laughs> Absolutely, right? It's just because that moment and that opportunity to be there is what is why you play the game. It's why you put all the sweat uh, tears and energy and come back from injuries is for that opportunity to compete for the Stanley cup. And we came close. Um, but you know, yes, it sucks. We didn't win, but I loved every moment of it. And, um, and if I knew that we we're going to have the same outcome again, I would still go through it. Yeah. Cause it's just, those are moments and that you share with teammates that you, you just never get to experience unless you're in that battle. Uh, when it comes down to the wire, um, you know, and you'll see grown men cry. It's, it's really rare to see an environment where you see so many guys get that emotional about something. Well said. And um, I, I guess so to wrap up your playing career, what was your greatest experience? What, was it the Stanley Cup Finals or was there something else? There's there so many great experiences, you know, whether, you know, being named a captain, like, I, you know, that's uh, that's got to be the very top, right? being drafted your first game playing with Al McInnes, you know, being traded, you know, playing in front of Marty Bordeaux, you know, I've been so fortunate to have a lot of great memories for someone like myself that was drafted in the sixth round uh, that wasn't supposed to necessarily make it. And then even, you know, I probably had a profile of somebody that was just going to get a cup of coffee, (laughs) right. I spent three years in the minors, um, and and really had to battle my way and, and really understand what my role and could be and how to um, make add value to a team um, and and how to figure that out and so um, so so as I look back, there's just everything about the NHL was a great memory for me because, like I said, I was drafted by Tampa Bay and they literally told me to go to school. I'll never play. So um, that's why I'm always excited and positive uh, about any outcome that happened to me in hockey. Um, and so it's very tough for me to say one particular moment because, uh, like I said, I'm so fortunate to have, you know, 14 years in the National Hockey League. 
Wow, I didn't know that. Tampa Bay drafted you and they just said, uh, you know, go to school. You'll never play at the NHL. So for any of my listeners who need some sort of inspiration, just look at Bryce Salvador's career. And now he's still involved in hockey for MSG and you covered the New Jersey Devils. And that that's what I want to talk about now. Just like, what are your expectations for the New Jersey Devils coming into this year? Because my expectations, I'm not sure if you listen to my show or not. I try to keep my expectations somewhat moderate i say we could be like a dark horse team that can compete for a wild card spot unfortunately you know we're in a very tough division but i feel like you know with the acquisitions of dougie hamilton ryan graves i think tatars has slept on uh signing jonathan bernier uh, i think you you know what he's capable of doing uh who he got his stanley cup uh finals win against is irrelevant as i like to say but still we know what bernier is capable of doing so what are your expectations for this Devils team going into this season? Uh, my expectations is for them to really take a step forward in terms of understanding. And you hear, you know, general manager Tom Fitzgerald talk about learning how to win and going through that phase of, you know, having a commitment every day to come in and and not settling for losing and and really, hey, after you've lost one or two games, like you're miserable, right? Once you start to get that, you know, feeling inside that locker room, now you have a chance to be a perennial playoff team. And so they made a lot of acquisitions. Um, I agree. They could be that dark horse team that makes it into the playoffs. Um, I don't like to put pressure, you know, especially in my position on the team. Right. Um, so, you know, right now I, I don't have them, you know, making the playoffs more of just to take away the expectations, do I think they can make the playoffs? And will I be surprised if they are in the playoffs? Absolutely not. I think they have, you know, a lot of great things happening with this organization, but it is a step. There is a process. You, you have some teams ahead of them, right? That are a little bit more, they def, definitely have more veterans. They're, they're closer to winning. Whether you talk about the Islanders, you still have, you know, the, the core three in Pittsburgh, um, you know, Crosby, Latang. Um, and Malkin there, right? Yes, they're coming to the age of their career, but they're still got that experience. They're still going to know how to win those tight games. They know how to come back, you know, from you know behind and never be out. Uh, Carolina, I think, is still going to be tough. Um, you know, Brendan Moore seems to be able to get the most out of every single one of his players. Um, and, and Washington, I think, is also another one of those teams, you know, like Pittsburgh is a little bit on the decline, but I still think that, They've got enough firepower, literally, um, with OV should his injury not be too bad. And when Backstrom comes back and, you know, they got Oshi, and it just, they, they're so, um, they're so fine tuned in the special teams that Washington is just someone you can't rule out. So, you know, you look at the Islanders, you look at Pittsburgh, you look at Carolina, you look at Washington, geez, that's a, that's a lot of teams already ahead of the, the Devils, just in terms of different parts of where those each one of those teams are so um so i do see the devils you know potentially you know know, maybe in that sixth spot maybe that fifth spot um just kind of depending on maybe what the rangers do as well uh trey so um but i'm so excited i just i can't stress enough the importance of the dougie hamilton signing for the devils because you know everyone knows what he's going to do on the ice but i like to talk about what he's going to do inside that locker room, how he's going to boost the morale and the confidence of this, of the young kids in that room. They're going to say, wow, like we legitimately have a guy on defense that's going to be like, you know, it's going to make a difference every game. 
So then all of a sudden you just feel better about yourself and you feel more confident. You bring Tatar on there. He's going to help in terms of creating some offensive zone opportunities for this young forward group. He's going to hopefully relieve some pressure off Sharon Govich. You know, I like to see, you know, Tomash Tatar come out and, and get a couple goals in the first five games. Cause that way Sharon Govich doesn't feel like, Hey, it's all on his shoulders. Um, and obviously, you know, Tatar will help on the power play. Um, so, so you, you start to see some of those pieces that will help on the ice, but they help off ice. And then if the devils do trend, you know, well, this season, maybe they, you know, maybe they sneak into the playoffs. Um, but what happens is now you're, you're setting, you're sending a message to the rest of the league that, you know, we are going to be a contender. We're signing the right pieces. You know, Dougie's here for, you know, after this season, six more years. So now you start looking at some free agents that maybe might not have thought of New Jersey being a place for them to, to come sign and, and be a part of something as, wow, I'm, I'm going to really maybe look at, you know, you know, what, you know, Tom Fitzgerald is offering and what he has to say. And I'm going to definitely take those phone calls. So that's how I kind of look at where the devils are at in terms of just, you know, high level, big picture, but, you know, Trey, they're going to have to fix some areas of the game. And I've been talking a lot about their special teams. Mm -hmm. This for me is, is, is paramount. Um, If you want to be playing, you know, meaningful games in March and April, like uh, general manager Tom Fitzgerald keeps talking about, and you hear coach Ruff talk about, uh, your, your your penalty kill can't be last in the league. Your your power play can't be bottom three in the league. Um, and so they're going to have to take steps, you know, positive steps in both of those uh, departments, which they brought in personnel that can definitely help there. Um, so for me, this season is also improving special teams. I want to see that commitment, especially on the penalty kill, that guys are going to be blocking more shots. They're winning more face-offs. They're clearing more pucks. They put some stats up on the preseason game that I did, and the Devils are in the bottom of those categories, which contributes to having, you know, a power a penalty kill that's at the bottom of the league. Yes, a lot of that has to do with personnel, and but some of it's also the mindset and some of these guys understanding what their roles are and how they can add value. Um, and then same thing with the power play and, and starts with me with face-offs, you know, the devils are down at the bottom in, in ozone face-offs on the power play. And um, that, you know, you win those face-offs, you immediately got puck possession. And so that can dramatically help their power play. And um, so those are, those are a couple of areas that I'm, you know, I'm really focusing on in terms of, you know, structure and some systems uh, being a special teams. Yeah, and I would have to agree with you in that regards because that's something I talked about a lot in my show uh, during the course of last season, which is that the power play was not good. The penalty kill was not good. Uh, my, my my devout listeners will know, like, I, I talk about that. <laughs> and I just said, like, you know, if they want any chance of being successful, they really need to improve uh, in, in the penalty kill because I feel as though that's what's been hurting them the most because I just see that, the, the opposing team, they have the puck too long on the attack and they're passing it around. They're collapsing the defense. And I'm just like, that, that cannot happen. Like if, if you want any chance of being successful, you need to be able to clear the puck. And that was one of the things that frustrated me. And I saw that in a Flyers game that they played against uh, a, a couple months ago, they, they just, and they let the Flyers get back into the game because they didn't clear the puck. And I'm just like, you have to clear it. Like, and I, I think um, Lynn Ruff said that with Dougie Hamilton, um, the, the puck has been cleared way quicker on like, you know, penalty kills and things of that nature. And so I really hope that Dougie Hamilton, uh, Thomas Tatar, um, 
Ryan Graves, you know, all the players that we are listing, they help in that uh, respective regards in terms of just uh, the specialty teams, because that's what we need to improve if we want any chance of success. The dump out rate, you're exactly right. I, I put some stats. So just, just to give you some, you know, some, some stats to back up what you're seeing, because it's valid. You know, the Devils shorthanded dump out success percentage was the ranked 29th in the National Hockey League. So to your point, like you've got to clear that puck. Uh, you get you get so few opportunities, and if you're not going to clear it, you're just going to spend a lot of time in, in your defensive zone, and, and you're going to get cratered. Um, so I just, you know, so your eye test there was, was bang on, and I just wanted to throw that stat at you just because you brought that up. Don't worry, there's still more in store with my discussion with Bryce Salvador. But first, I have to give you guys the third and final live read this morning, and it comes from rockauto.com. So with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. RockAuto.com's prices are reliably low for every consumer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. Okay, let's get back to our discussion with Bryce Salvador, former captain for the New Jersey Devils. See, I'm not crazy. <laughs> but, but yeah, I said I, in my like offseason reflection, I said the Devils needed to work on fundamentals because, yeah, like you said, and the stats back it up, they, they just couldn't clear the puck. Like they just let they just let the opposing team just stay on the attack too long. Penalty kill, uh, just collapse the defense and just pass it around and Sooner or later, you could maybe go back door or maybe you could take it deeper into um, the zone and just get a shot off, whatever the case might be. But, yeah, that that can't happen. But I I think Dougie Hamilton is leading the team in terms of just like, um, you know, how to be better in that respective regard. So hopefully they can uh, they they could just do better like that. We just need to improve. And like you said, if if we don't improve on our specialty teams, then. There, there's really no point in us being a dark horse. Like we, we yeah. need to win the games that are given to us because uh, every game will be crucial. Every game will count because, you know, like I said, we're in a very tough division and there's a lot of teams like you mentioned that are ahead of us. So there, there, there's no such thing as a throwaway game. We, we got to win the games that uh, we have the best opportunity at winning. Like we're favorites to win it. We got, we got to win those games. So, is ands or buts about it but I think part of it is like we are a young team and we, we've been talking a little bit about the kids so we talked about we, we know what Nico Heizer is capable of doing we know what Jack Hughes is capable of doing but there's a couple of players and I think you know who I'm getting at uh, who surprised a lot of people during prospect camp training camp and preseason and those two players were Dawson Mercer and Alexander Holtz now I said in my show I said if I I expect both of them to make the team but if I had to choose one, I would choose Dawson Mercer just because he's making plays that um, you, you cannot teach. Like I, I said, the main discrepancy between Holtz and Mercer was just Mercer has a very high hockey IQ because like I saw a, a takeaway that he did. He was in the right place at the right possible time. 
uh, a shot he got off. Like, like I said, you, you cannot teach that. And I just said, that's going to be the main discrepancy between the two of them. Now I'm a little disappointed that Alexander wasn't uh, put onto the roster, but I know he'll get his chance, but you know, who are like, what are your opinions on like Mercer and Holtz and maybe some other young guys that need attention? Well, yeah. So those two Holtz and Mercer really impressed me this training camp. And, and for me, Mercer really stood out and I did a video on that because I just saw a little bit more tendencies that he was ready in terms of the way he saw the game, the way he was able to uh, improve the condition of the puck more frequently than, than Holtz. And what I mean by that, when he had the puck on his stick, he was just making more, better plays at a higher frequency. Um, not to say that Holtz wasn't, you know, playing well, or it just wasn't at the same rate as, um, as Mercer. And, and, and you talked about it too, being in the right place. Well, you know, when I dug into Mercer a bit more you know, last season, the 2021 season, he was named uh, the Quebec major juniors uh, best defensive forward. He won that award. It's the Guy Carpino trophy. So that, you know, you start seeing things like that. Okay. Yeah. He does know how to play away from the puck. And if you understand that already at the age of 18, and then when I saw him in preseason, you know, he was rarely caught out of position. He understood, you know, how to be above the puck, we call it. Um, he knew where to place the puck if he didn't have options. And then also saw that, you know, Ruff was putting him in the bumper position on the power play. And he seemed to be, you know, handling it pretty effective for someone being thrown into, into that position on the power play, you know, in, in preseason. And then on top of that, he was used on the penalty kill. Um, and he's taken, he's a centerman. He's taken defensive zone face-offs. He's taken offensive zone face-offs. So he didn't look at a place. And so he's, he's just, you know, when you sum it all up, more versatile at this point than Holtz. Holtz, you know, he definitely, Holtz is, has hockey IQ. He's got a great shot. He's, he's lethal, you know, but he's a winger and, and maybe not as versatile yet. So that's why you're hearing, you know, Coach Roth and, and General Manager Fitzgerald say, hey, we want him to go down to Utica and play all situations. Like that's a key thing that they said, all situations. So, you know, it, maybe it's not something he's spent a lot of time doing, like where Mercer has. Mercer's been in all those situations and it's evident in the way he was able to be used in the preseason and have success. And so I think Holtz, you know, getting a lot of power play time, we'll see if that includes, you know, penalty kill time. Um, and because to be a regular in the National Hockey League, a guy like Holtz is probably going to have to be in the, it's going to have to be a top six. So he's going to have to finish. He's going to have to be, he's going to have to execute on the power play and to really add value, can he kill the odd penalty if they need? Him? Like that's why you hear him trying to use Zach on the penalty kill, Sharon Govich. Like you know, Ruff likes to have some of his better players be able to kill some penalties, get them a few extra minutes, get them touching the puck. Maybe you're going to spring a chance, and if you have a highly skilled offensive player on the penalty kill, like a Sharon Govich, well, maybe you're going to get that shorthanded goal. So um, I think that's the biggest difference between those two players, um, um, and I think that's why they made the decision to keep Mercer. But, but I don't, I don't think anybody said, and, you know, maybe I'll be corrected. Maybe Tom Fitzgerald will come out and said, yeah, no, we had him slotted, you know, coming into training camp. But I, I just think that Mercer had the mindset saying, I'm going there and I'm staying. It started in, you know, in Buffalo there. And he was noticeable from the first game in the rookie inner squads. And it, he, you know, and he did, 
didn't let up. Everyone said, okay, well, yeah, he had a good rookie, you know, appearance. Well, let's see how he's going to be in exhibition. And you know, we saw that he was phenomenal. So I give him lots of credit, came in with the right mindset. He, and kudos to him. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what other young guys can do. Um, I, I, I have another question, which is yeah. uh, we've seen what we've seen what the devils did during preseason. And, uh, you know, we saw like Subban and Kreider get into it. We saw, uh, <laughs> we saw Jimmy uh, just basically put a chip on his shoulder to uh, get a roster spot for them. Yep. We saw uh, Dougie Hamilton and Graves just basically working together to just facilitate the puck. And, you know, we saw what uh, Sharon Govich looked like. He didn't skip a beat. We saw Dawson Mercer basically take on three defensemen and somehow scored. And I saw that video that you did that, that, that was amazing. Um, um, what, what are your main takeaways from this overall preseason from the New Jersey Devils? Like, I, I usually try to say take preseason with a grain of salt. But <laughs> um, there has to be some key takeaways going into the season, like something we can expect. Well, absolutely. Look, it's depending on where you are in your career. And when you're a veteran like I was towards the, the latter part of my career, you don't want preseason, especially the way I played. Like, you know, you're a gritty guy, you're blocking shots, you're killing penalties. Like, those are hard minutes and you don't want to get hurt. Right. And as we saw, unfortunately, a couple of injuries that the devils are, you know, now massaging right now. And so uh, for an older guy, you don't like uh, preseason that much, but for a younger kid and, and some younger players that are, you know, just, you know, in the national hockey league under, with a couple of years under their belt, like it's important. What I tell people is, is to be feeling good about your game at the end of training camp. You know, so a guy like Sharon Govich, uh, it was critical that, you know, he didn't miss the form. He came in and scored goals, right? So right off the bat, he internally, I'm telling you guys, he's like, okay, like it wasn't something that I forgot how to do <laughs> in the off season. Cause you know, one year, the first year, it could be great. You don't know if you can do it again, right? Yanni Kulkin was strong. You know, you're going to say like Tatar had success. Pavel Zaka had success. And what I mean by that, they scored goals or they're feeling good about their game. Um, you know, Ryan Graves and Dougie Hamilton, that pairing looked strong. Uh, PK looked really, you know, settled, calm, collective, right? He could be valuable in that, you know, with that mindset. So I just look at it from the perspective of, I think everybody that needed to have boxes checked off had it happen. Right. And from a positive perspective, yes, there's a few players, you know, we say Andreas Janssen, you know, maybe didn't have a strong camp, but look, he's, he's on a multi-year deal. You know, we're really hoping that, you know, this is a year for him. Um, I would have liked, you know, Mikey McLeod to, to get that last preseason game. Not that he had such a bad camp. It's just his last game, you know, against the Rangers, you know, just a couple bad breaks that he went through. Right. So I don't like, when I see a guy kind of end his preseason, maybe on a, not a positive note. Um, but, you know, so, so from that perspective, I think those two guys, um, I like how Bernier responded after his first game. I thought his first game was a little shaky, but you know, it's a new team. It's an, you know, it's a tough environment, but then he came back and he was, he was solid. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the unfortunate kind of news that kind of overshadowed some of the positive stuff that we saw was the Mackenzie Blackwood situation. Um, but it looks like it's going to be resolved, which is, which is great. Um, so, so hopefully that's kind of turned the corner and that's behind us. So uh, that's how I look at things. And even from he right. He even had 
some success as the preseason went on, scored a goal, the power play was clicking, the penalty kill, uh, you know, showed that, hey, it's going to be better. They're getting practice time. And then there's a, you know, there's a, a, an appropriate amount of enthusiasm this year around the team. And so when I sum all that up, I think training camp was a success. There was a lot more positive for individuals than the few guys, you know, things maybe didn't go the way we would like them to have for them. And I think the future is really bright for New Jersey. I would like to once again, thank Bryce for coming on for this 300th episode. We talked about his career. We talked about the young guys. We talked about expectations. We talked about all sorts of things about the New Jersey devils. So Bryce, once again, thank you for taking time out of your busy day uh, to come on and just talk to uh, my audience and make sure you catch him on MSG throughout the course of this season. Well, thanks, Trey, again, for inviting me on, and congratulations on your 300th episode. Once again, thank you to Bryce Salvador, former captain for the New Jersey Devils organization and current analysis for MSG. The honor is always mine to do these kind of interviews. And once again, guys, thank you for 300 great episodes and many more to come. I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. You guys continue to make this show special. And once again, the New Jersey Devils season is fast approaching, and I can't wait. So as for today, that's about all the time I have for you guys today. Uh, thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Once again, thanks to Bryce Salvador for taking the time out of his busy day to join me on today's show. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.